Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey guys, Akil Stokes here. Welcome back to another episode of the Trading Coach Podcast. Thank you as always for joining. Today, I guess before we get into today's episode, I want to give a very special shout out to someone very special. And that special someone is you right? We just surpassed our all-time highs in monthly downloads, and we did it in the month of February, which is a shortened month. So hats off to you guys for just sharing, supporting the show, and of course, generating topics that people want to hear about, right? Today's episode is going to be a little bit different. It's going to be a special episode as I'm going to share an interview or a session that I did with my buddy Alex from the Be The Trader podcast. Alex recently ran a contest where the contest winner won a session with uh, Alex and myself to talk trading. So in this interview, we're going to talk, or not even interview, this discussion, we're going to talk Forex, we're going to talk stocks, we're going to talk some of the common struggles that many new traders are going through as this trader is only about a year into his journey. So I think you're going to love it. Now, before this episode ends, I want you to do a few things. First of all, check out Alex's podcast. Again, it's called Be The Trader, the letter B, and then The Trader. And of course, make sure you continue to support The Trading Coach Podcast by liking it, by sharing it, and leaving me a rating and review on iTunes or whatever other uh, podcasting app you're listening to it on. All right. Hope you guys enjoy. And uh, here we go. Thanks, everybody, for joining us today on Be The Trader. Today, I have a very special episode and special guest joining us. Today, I have Akil Stokes, who's, as you probably heard in previous episodes, a Forex teacher slash coach and mentor and also a track coach, which is pretty <laughs> awesome. Pretty awesome awesome it shows that you could do multiple things when you're a trader and not only that but i also ran a contest here recently on twitter and noah noah mayer won that contest where he's joining us on the show a listener bringing him on the show i told you guys i wanted to do something differently i wanted to bring new people on the show and noah thanks thanks man for participating i really appreciate you listening and welcome to the show man man thank you for having me this is exciting absolutely appreciate it Absolutely. So, so, you know, let's get this thing started. You know, we want to be here to help you in any way you can. You mentioned right before we started, uh, started the show that you've been doing this for what, about a year, year and a half. Yeah. About a year, three months, I think it is right now. What what got you interested in, in this world that we're in right now? So when it's come to stocks, I've always had an interest in stocks. It kind of came from a class I took in high school where the teacher was like, Hey, I'm going to give you all $5,000 of fake money. And whoever has the most capital by the end of the class or the end of the semester, you know, wins a prize or something like that. I ended up not winning because I didn't really know what I was doing, to be honest. I just (laughs) invested in a bunch of large cap stocks and was like, okay. And the guy next to me was kicking my ass. He was buying and selling, but he didn't know what he was doing. He was just getting lucky. So that kind of sparked my interest to learn even more. And just throughout the rest of my high school career, um, really just kind of keeping that interest in stocks. And then when I got to college, um, I ended up finding Tim Sykes my sophomore year. Yep. You know, seeing his videos, that's usually how people get started. And, you know, as soon as I found him, I was kind of looking for something else to do because what I'm doing with my college degree right now, I'm not really sure if that's what I want to do when I graduate. 
but since finding stocks, man, like the past year and three months has been amazing because I've just been so dedicated to it, just showing up every day because it's just, I found a passion for it. And I feel like that's what so many people find is that passion for stocks and just, it, I mean, that's it. That's awesome. That's awesome. It's interesting. You said Mike, my, uh, what'd you say? My career in, uh, did you say career in high school? Is that what you said? Was like a good, <laughs> uh, I, 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 <laughs> high school career. I was like, high school. It's <laughs> <laughs> all good. Um, that's awesome, man. It sounds like you got a real passion behind this. And, and I'm curious on what you mentioned before is, you know, what, what are you, what are you focused on when you found stocks? Like, what are you focused on? Are you focused on small caps, mid caps? Where are you at? When I first started focusing on stocks, are you talking or, about? Or even now. Oh, now I'm focused on small caps, penny stocks. I uh, have a smaller account, so really stocks below $10, below $5, stuff like that. That's Akil's favorite. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I, I, I thought, yeah, when I, I, when, I first, uh, when I first got started and, and wasn't really satisfied with the returns I was making, I went into that world as well. But of course I went into with no education, just thinking like it would be the same thing as, as the large caps and then yeah. learned, uh, you know, had a, f- a few good trades, but more so to not learn some very valuable lessons about kind of messing with stuff I have, I knew nothing about. Um, but it's funny you mentioned, I, I had the same experience. I don't know if it was high school. I had a really good elementary school teacher, probably one of the only teachers I remember. But we did the same thing. Um, I had no idea what investment was, but it was kind of the same concept as he was like, I think it was like a six, six week thing where he gave us some money and said, invest it and see what happens. That was kind of my first time just understanding that like stocks and investments actually existed. And I think like you, I think I blew my account up just not knowing what I was doing, but <laughs> that was probably my first experience with, you know, aside from like bank accounts with like just understanding that there was a market. So it's cool to have more teachers need to do that in my opinion, but that was a, that's good. That's good. I feel like, I feel like you guys had the better way. You know, you all did it with fake money first and yeah. I actually blew up a real account when I first, <laughs> I actually, you know, when I first got into trading, I was like, Oh, let me just do this. So it's awesome that you have a passion behind it and you started you know, it's, it's interesting you had that experience because I hear a lot of people have that same story where they went to school and that's where they got that. I, I didn't see that in my school, but mm-hmm. that's cool, man. So tell me, you know, just curious, like in, in the small cap land, what are you, what are, what do you, you have any questions? Any, Cause that's what I trade. I trade small caps is my main priority. Okay. And I'm a short bias trader. And, and I know Kiel is more in the Forex, but in terms of like questions of philosophy, any challenges you're dealing with, I mean, it pretty much all is the same thing. So really uh, kind of what I'm looking for right now, kind of struggling with is like for both of you, when it comes to like your criteria for trading, what is everything that you take into account when you're looking for a short or looking for anything in Forex? Sure. Uh, you want me to go first, Kiel? You- yeah, go, go ahead. Okay. So for me, so what I what I typically do is I'll just pick one example. So there's one short short strategy that I love to do, and that's anything. My first criteria is number one is it has to be gapping up over 50%. That's something okay. that I, I have to see because I found over over the couple of years that I've been tracking this strategy that it wins around I'll say 65 to 70% of the time. That's the first criteria. The second criteria that I look for is what is the actual price action doing? Like if the price action is just slowly grinding and it's like building bases and grinding, the little stair steps, mm-hmm. then I might not want to short this one right off the way because there's a lot of strength. And then there's also, there may okay. be a catalyst too. So I'm trying to find out, is there a catalyst behind this move? 
if there's a catalyst behind the move, that's something like a partnership with McDonald's, Walmart, like some big name, there, there could be a possibility that this is not for me, right? And, and if it is for me, then that at least tells me that maybe I'll take a fourth risk rather than a full risk okay. because it, still, it could still work. The pattern could still play out. The strategy could still play out, but it may not play out in the same time period, the same time length. It could play out for a short little drop and then I got to, you know, hurt, take my profits. So that adjusts what I'm going to do like mentally and how I'm going to play it when the action starts. And then I don't trade pre-market. So I'm just watching a pre-market. I see if there's a catalyst, see if it's gapping up. I see what the price action is doing. If the price action is doing the opposite of what I mentioned and it's like kind of like it spiked huge pre-market and then it's just fading the other way. I love that. Like that's, that's a better sign because we're seeing weakness. It can't even hold its spike. And if it has good volume, if it has a volume over 100,000, 200,000 pre-market, to me, that's key because most volume pre-market is just crap. And, and <laughs> if it has over 200,000 volume, I'm like, okay, there's eyes on this, on this, on this ticker. And then the other, other criteria is when it opens. <clears throat> when it opens up, before it opens, I already have a plan. I already have a plan of key technical levels of, okay, if it reaches this level, how does that act here? And if it looks like it's getting weak on the tape and the price action, obviously, then at that point, I'm going to start entering that short position. However, there's sometimes where it does not get to that level. So I have a plan B also written down where that is something that let's say VWAP. I like VWAP on this strategy is the only strategy I use VWAP on. And if VWAP is, if it looks weak and it's getting, getting close to VWAP and is testing it, like it's going to break, then I may take a starter. And then if it breaks through, I'll add to that position. And then once it breaks completely through, then, I, then what I wait for full size is what I wait for is a test. I wait for a test back up because it could bounce easily and just basically be a short trap. It could just squeeze shorts all the way and just skyrocket back up. And you don't want to be in the full butt size position or you'll just, you'll be miserable. So, <laughs> so, what, you, so what I do is wait for the test. And then when it tests right. that VWAP, if it, if it hovers around VWAP, but if it breaks through, I'm out. Like I'm real, I'm done. Like I'm like, nope, because I've found that the more times I jump back in after that break of VWAP, even if it barely breaks, I'm wrong. So I don't care if it fakes me out or anything like that. But if it holds VWAP for just a second, two seconds, then I add full size. And now my risk is pretty much break even, if not a small one cent gain, you know, but that's not the focus. I don't care about break even or one cent gain or two cent gain or anything like that. My focus is I'll have a, I have a good risk and I have a good area and I know over time the strategy works. So that's a long answer, man. But that's, I mean, it's a lot when it comes to figuring out what you want to trade. What about you, man? I kill. Well, the key, and I'll take it from a more more general perspective, is is really what Alex said, and and to sum that up is, it's having a rules based strategy. Um, so the key to everything is is you go into the market and you know exactly what you're looking for. Everything is rules based. You want to take as much of the emotion out of it, right? As as human beings, where I used to think that I can be emotionalist, and that I probably am emotionalist in many things in life. But when it comes to the market, and when it comes to money and greed and fear, uh, those are really big triggers for us. Uh, so a lot of the times we'll go into the market and we'll want to do something and it may not be there on the chart, but we'll kind of do it anyway, just because we're emotionally pulled. And you know, we, you know, as males in general, we tend to do dumb stuff. <laughs> uh, so that doesn't help, but to, to, so a, a rules-based strategy is key and it needs to be testable 
verifiable and repeatable. I mean, it, it needs to be something that you can test, you can ensure that it works historically, um, and then obviously you can repeat it in the market. And the repeatable part is, is very important because I know personally, I, I've done many strategies, uh, especially like some, some lower time frame day trading strategies where I've tested it, it works great in hindsight when you know the markets aren't moving and, and you get all the perfect entries and whatnot, but in real life, it, it doesn't work. Um, so it's important that it's testable, verifiable, and repeatable. But a process I like to follow is, is a, a simple four-step process. It's called IPDE, it stands for Identify, Predict, Decide, Execute. And, and again, this is pretty much what Alex said already, but you identify what's going on in the market, right? Where, you know, where are your key levels, whether it's technical or, or what are your key fundamental elements that you're looking at? You identify kind of a bigger picture view of what's going on. Is this stock or is this, you know, if you're in Forex currency pair, is this at a price point or a location that I'm interested in? Based on what you identify, you can make that prediction where, you know, based on this and this and this, I predict that stock is likely to go here, likely to go there. And the prediction part is really, a, it's a, a two-step process because one is you want to make a prediction on, on directional movement, um, obviously. You also want to make a prediction on, is there enough opportunity? Um, sometimes you'll have a, an awesome setup in the, the best setup in the world, but there's limited opportunity. And, and it's like, well, is it worth the risk? Can I get the risk reward that I want in that situation? And unfortunately, sometimes you'll have the best trade in the world, but the risk reward doesn't ma uh, match up. And you're like, you, you got to let it go or you can get in with, uh, you know, maybe a, a partial position size. Um, and then after the prediction part is you decide, right? Based on your prediction, uh, you decide, is this something I can trade? Is it something I can trade full? Is it something I can put a half position on, quarter position on? Um, is it something I want to wait for? And then the last part is just, uh, you know, when the setup meets your rules of engagement, uh, I mean, check off every boxes. I'm looking if this, then that, if this, then that you, you click the trigger. Um, but I think if you, if you stick to that process and again, this pro no matter what rules you're looking for, technical, fundamental, mm. um, combination of the two, you stick to that process of identifying bigger picture. What am I seeing first with no bias? Um, and then based off what I'm seeing, form your bias make your predictions, where are we likely to go if I'm right, where, how far can it go if I'm wrong, that's going to allow you to set up your, your, your risk management, and then you can see if this is a position that you want to be in, and then uh, pull the trigger, decide how you want to enter it, and then pull the trigger on it. Thanks for that, man. That's a good, that's a good yeah. point. He hit on something that was huge, and that is, is even it could be the best setup, but is this worth the risk? Like, mm. is, are you going to get your full return that you're looking for? Because, man, that's, that's something that you need to focus on for sure. Because everyone just thinks setup, 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 yep. process, you know, patterns. And then it's like when you do it so long, like Akil, I'm sure you, you could uh, be, you could relate, is when you mm -hmm. do this for so long, you kind of forget all of this. You don't forget, but like, I'm obviously Akil, he's teaching every day. So he's like, <laughs> talks about this every day. But for me, it's so automatic now that yes. you, you kind of forget Oh, this step, it's not important. It's super important, but it may not be important when I'm talking. So mm -hmm. that's huge. Like when you talked about that risk. Yep. And that, that's cool what you talked about. Cause it really is true. Like when, when you get, if you have a consistent routine or, or, um, you know, or a plan for trading eventually, and, and the key is right. I, they always say this trading is boring, right? When trading gets boring, yeah. you know, you're doing good. 
because at first you're all excited. Oh, this is here. I want to trade. Oh, oh, do this. I can do that. You're, you're yep. excited, like being the casino bells and whistles. Um, but eventually, like when you have a, a set system and a process, it's like, like my, my, my morning analysis is the worst. Cause it's like, I come in, I'm like, all right, look at this. Are we there? No, we're not. Okay. We can do that. Okay. We can come here. I'll do that. It's just monotonous. Same thing every single day. No excitement. Um, but it's profitable and it's, it's trading a consistent plan. So you, you kind of become like a machine in your own right where you're ignoring everything else that doesn't have to deal with your plan, all the, the pundits out there saying this, all the people on the internet saying that, and you're just locked in. We're like, okay, look at this. Okay, look at that. Okay, look at this. Do we have this? Boom, if this, then yes. If that, then no. And you become like a machine. Um, and that's how you get, you don't get rid of those emotions, but they no longer affect you. What else do you have for us, Noah? Does that answer your question, by the way? Yeah, it does. Thank you all very much. That answered sure. a lot. It really helped me. Um, another thing just kind of lead on what Akil said is when it comes to emotions, how did y'all, was it just time in the market or how did you really deal with those emotions of like, you know, when a stock goes up, you know, be certain times where I'm like, I see the green and I want to exit, but then the stock proceeds to rip another dollar and I'm like, shit, like how do y'all... <laughs> <laughs> How do y'all deal with like those kind of emotions? And then like another one I kind of struggle with sometimes is when I see certain patterns setting up that, I, that I'm liking, you know, there'll be certain times where I can get into the stock and then other times where I'm just sort of like, I'm frozen almost. I'm sort of like, I want to get in, but I'm afraid it's going to drop as soon as I get mm. in type of emotion. How do y'all kind of deal with that? Well, it, it's, it's tough and there is, so there's, a, there's an interesting cycle. It's, it's kind of like, imagine a triangle. It's a belief action result cycle where the more belief you have in yourself and your, your trading plan and your system, um, the more likely you are to take the right actions, which is doing what you're supposed to do without emotions getting away. Uh, and then when you take the right actions, you start to notice that you get the right results, right? You start making profit. And then as you get more profit, you're like, okay, this works. And you, and you believe in yourself even more. And as that gets going, you get stronger and stronger and stronger to the point, again, where you're mechanical, where it's like you no longer care about wins or losses. You're kind of like a casino where, you know, a casino doesn't really care if, if blackjack player A comes in and wins or not. They know that the majority of people are going to lose money. So they're just trying to get people to stay in and bet money. Um, the difficult part is like, well, how do you, if you don't have that belief, how do you gain it to begin with? And the backtesting process, or are you familiar with, with uh, backtesting? Yes. Okay. So the backtesting process is big because if you've ever backtested it, it's, it's the closest you can get to like an emotional pull. Cause you know, typically you, you, you have this new shiny strategy. You want to, you want to use it in your mind. You're like, Oh, it's going to be so profitable a million dollars in like one, 10 year or one year. And then you trade it and it's, it starts off all good. And you're like, this is awesome. And then it goes to this bad period. I'm like, Oh crap. Um, and then it gets good again. So you kind of go through those emotional pulls of seeing the ups and downs. And, and hopefully if it's something that works, at the end of the day, you see the ups. So that gives you a, a belief in your system. Like you know that it works because you've, you've done the work. Um, but it's not the same as, again, the emotional triggers for real money. So you just have to force yourself. You, you got to believe in what you're doing, believe in the work you've put in and force yourself to follow um, the plan. And as you follow it, when those results start coming in, you're going to believe in yourself even more. I know the, the game changing trade for me was, uh, you know, I was part of a, a group that was training and there, there's probably like 20 or 30 of us um, being coached at the same time. 
and we took this trade. It was like on a Thursday. It was this, this big trade. And, you know, Friday came and it was up like, like 50 points, like 50 pips. And, you know, the first thing I want to do is like, okay, well, it's the weekend, you know, crazy things happen over the weekend in my mind, take my money, take my money. And that's what I had did historically up to that point. I take 50, 50 pips because, you know, 50 pips is better than zero. Um, but my mentor would always say, you know, he's always, you know, you know, let the trade play out, trust the analysis and that. So this was the first time that I'm like, okay, I'm going to show this guy. I'm going to, I'm going to trust this plan. I'm going to trust the analysis. I'm going to lose this 50 pips and I'm going to send him a, a sternly written email and say how he lost me money. And I remember holding it and I, we came back, I think, uh, probably Monday or Tuesday. And he asked a question. He's like, well, how many of you guys cashed out on, on Friday? It was like more than half the group was like, yeah, me did. Even my roommate um, did the same thing. And then two days later, that, that thing ran up like 150 more points. And then after that, it ran up like 400 <laughs> more points. And I remember yelling to my roommate. I'm like, dude, like we did it. Like, did you get that win? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, what happened? He's like, I cashed out. <laughs> um, but the point is, like, this was the first trade where I kind of put myself outside of that comfort zone. I wanted to do something so bad, but I, I forced myself not to. And fortunately, and I guess it could have went either way, but fortunately this time it paid off. And for me, it was like a, an eye-opening experience. Like, wait a minute, like everyone else took 50. I took 200 on first contract, 400 on second contract. Like, all because I just did what I was supposed to do. Yep. And that kind of motivated me to, in the future to like, hey, I believe in it a little bit more, keep doing what I'm supposed to do. And then eventually as those results start coming in, you just, you gain more and more confidence to the point where like, you don't care. I don't even have, I, I wouldn't say I don't have the thought of taking profits early. I think that's, it's normal, um, but it's not mm -hmm. deep enough for me to actually do it. I, I know that I don't care about any individual trade, win or lose. I, it's about consistently doing the right, action. I know that's going to give me the longer term results I want. So for me, I'm, a, I'm not as experienced as Kill. So I actually still experience the, I know, if, okay, so what I do personally right now is I actually do a challenge for myself, which has helped me dramatically, it, which is the no look challenge. I talk about it on some previous episodes where I talk mm, about, yeah. I'm not looking at, I don't upload my trades and, and, until the end of the month. And I don't look at PL until the end of the month. And I'm telling you, for me, that has dramatically increased my, my system, increased my profits, my consistency, because now I had the challenge of, of what he was mentioning earlier of always being worried about that last trade was this, this next trade is this, like I just lost, I just lost four times in a row. I just won six times in a row. Hmm. And, and, and that is gone because like after each trade, I don't know. Uh, granted like we all kind of we know if we're up or down right we mm -hmm. know that we won but i separate myself so much from it that i can place the next trade and then to to add to that is if you have that hesitation because akil gave you the best answer so i'm just going to add a little to that is you might want to check your risk like how much are you risking per trade because if you can you you should get to the point where at least at the beginning, that you don't have, you don't want any hesitation. If your system is triggered, you shouldn't have hesitation. You should be triggering it. You should be boom. In. And to get to that level, you might need to be at a spot where a gain at your full, maybe three R, four R, whatever it is for you, doesn't even do anything. Like it doesn't even make you happy. 
doesn't make you excited. And maybe, maybe you're, maybe you should trade to where like you risk $10 trade and then you win 30, you know, because what you're trying to build is a habit because dude, you're so young, man. I wish I did this when I was in college. (laughs) You're so young that if, if you do that for four years in college, I'm telling you, man, even if you just did it for four years and you found consistency and you were consistent and you never changed that and you're only making 30 bucks per trade, I'm telling you, as soon as you, like you have so such strong belief in your strategy that when you start increasing it, you'll just start exponentially growing. Mm-hmm. So just think about what you're risking per trade. Because if you're hesitant and you're seeing yourself more times than not missing trades because you're scared, it's because mm-hmm. you don't trust, number one, you don't trust your plan. Number two, you don't trust, you, you don't accept your dollar risk. And if you don't accept your dollar risk, then you're never, you're going to always be in that battle. That's, that's uh that's yeah that's that's brilliant i mean that's the i forgot who said it but there was always i always remember a quote in my head that you should you know your position size should be so small that wins don't really make you happy and losses don't make you sad and and that's that's brilliant what you said alex because you're the fear is just because of money that's the the fear is we don't i mean some maybe it's ego for some of us but it's like i don't want to lose money that's the biggest Mm -hmm. thing so when you put yourself at a position size where it's like like man like i lost a little bit but it doesn't Mm -hmm. really matter it's, you know, you don't care anymore. It's like losing a penny on the street where it's like, you know, yeah, you lost a penny, but it's not that big of a deal versus like, Hey, I dropped a hundred dollar bill. I, I got to go back and get it. That's, that's fantastic advice. Yeah. Fantastic. And it's free trades. Now, if you're a long buy, are you long bias? Yes, I am. Okay. It's free trade. So you could trade yeah. literally, you could do like 10 shares and still make money. <laughs> it's so crazy. It's crazy. The time we're in. Yep. Yep. And Forming that habit, process over outcome. Yeah, forming, if you just, if you form the habit of doing the right thing now, like I said, money, money in my, money is the easy part to get. You can always add more money to your account. I mean, shoot, I tell people, I get people that complain all the time. I don't have any money. Go work, go find, work McDonald's real quick. Like sacrifice, I mean, I, I clean toilets for a year. Like sacrifice, sacrifice a year to McDonald's, work some money, right? And then put it back into your account. And if you're, if you're doing the same thing with, more money, right? Your result is just going to grow and grow and grow and grow, but you're not really doing anything different. So it's like, there's plenty, plenty of time not to chase the money and just develop that skill. And, and when you start going, that payoff will come and it'll come in a massive way. Cause you're, you're ready. Have, Noah, have you determined, have you found what works for you? Like <clears throat> I'm kind of, I'm getting there like from, <clears throat> I would say two months ago or three months ago to where I'm in now. There's a, I have a lot more specific criteria and certain pattern that I'm working on. I think right now that I'm really just trying to work out the kinks of what works and what doesn't work. That's why on some trades, you know, some are a little different than others and what I'm looking for. So sometimes I'm like, eh, like this could be it, this couldn't be it. But that's why I'm sometimes hesitant. And then other times I'm ready to just take the shot. How many pattern or how many strategies are you like focused on? I'm focusing on just one. Nice. Because I've heard from so many different people from your podcast, from other podcasts. It's like the main thing I've heard is focus on one to two strategies when you first start, master those strategies and then branch out. So I've really just found something that I can, that I've noticed and then I've kind of honed in on that. And now, and so how long have you been doing that for? For about, I would say a month, month and a half. Okay. January was really the first month that I've really like solely focused on it. I think you'll see that, and maybe you see it already, that you'll get to a point where once you do that, you'll start to see unique characteristics 
in the in that one like you'll start to pick up little key indicators that you're like oh like you that you would not notice if you were focused on three two four strategies mm -hmm. uh, and when you start to see that that's when you're like you'll start to kind of get a feel you know, that that feel will start to come on where you start to be like oh when this happens i can get in now here rather than here so that's gonna be fun man it's gonna be cool that you experience that did um anything else that you that comes to mind and, and something that you might have there was let me i had one more question i just forgot it but i was just about to ask all it um damn what was it i guess i'll start with something i had earlier sure. what for y'all like when it came to learning and um just figuring out the market itself what was y'all's biggest uh, biggest like resource was it screen time because i've seen screen time as like a major thing that's helped me or was it data or just watching videos from mentors stuff like that uh do you want me to go first kill you got it oh yeah you can go first so for me it was i, I don't know man it was a lot I, I, it was it was a lot like it was at first i would say the first thing that came to my mind is when because you mentioned mentors was it screen time i think it was everything you know like the first thing that hit me when you said mentors i said Yep, it was that. And then when you said screen time, I was like, oh, no, no, it was that. You know? <laughs> like, so, yeah. because, because it's all important. So like mentors, like that was, that was key for me too, because I've experienced many different mentors. You know, I, I had the ability to just pay for all types of type of services. So I did. And I picked things that I like from each of them. Like there was not one mentor that was like, oh, I'm, this is all me. Because mm -hmm. I learned that there's things I didn't like and, and things I did like. And and then the screen time was huge because screen time, that's when you build that confidence because you can see things happening. You can see it in real time. You can practice in real time. And, and I would say, I would say it's just a combination of everything for me. Yeah, I, I'd follow up on that. Um, it's, it's kind of both because I, I, I started with no mentorship and I, I tried to do it all by myself and, and didn't really work out too great. And I, I got mentorship and, Still didn't work out too great, um, but it wasn't until kind of I combined the two that it worked. And, you know, Alex mentioned earlier that, uh, you know, I coach track and field, and it, it's very similar to how we train our athletes, where it's one of those deals where it's like, okay, well, if someone runs with bad form, um, no matter how much they practice, they're practicing doing the wrong thing, so they're not going to get better. However, when you have someone to tell you how to do it correctly, and it could be coaching, it could be, you know, podcasts. And I've listened to a few Alex's podcasts, spreading the right message. Um, <laughs> he's like, yeah, plug me. Um, and it and it sounds and it sounds like you have the right mindset about trading. So it's like now, once you have the right mindset and kind of the idea of what you need to work on, now that practice will be beneficial because now you're practicing the correct things. And and I know something for me. I'm mainly a, a swing trader, so I mainly I'll hold positions um, for usually, you know, anywhere from hours to days, maybe like a week at, at max um, for the majority of my trading. When I started coaching, I started doing a lot more work on the lower time frames. Even when I was swing trading, I did a lot more work on the lower time frame just because I was bored. There was nothing to do. And so um, I went down there just to kind of play around. And obviously the markets move from a technical perspective. They move the same way on, on every time frame obviously just faster on the lower ones. And what I did was when I was working on the lower time frames, I just started seeing the same patterns over and over and over again. So maybe on like a, a daily chart, I may see something once a month on a five minute chart. I may, I may see it three times in the same day. 
Um, and it just helped my recognition skills see it over and over and over again and kind of recognize, okay, if this happens, then this is likely to happen. Or, oh, what, what's this look like? Take notes of it. Oh, it happened again. Hmm, maybe this is something. Um, and just, you know, learning and learning and learning and then taking that to the higher time frames where I actually trade. So, yeah, I'd say a combination of both. It's learning to do things the right way, having the right mindset. That's the the biggest thing. Um, and then practicing it. But that mindset comes first. Cause I've been having a conversation with a, a trader on Facebook lately who just like, he just wants the, the answers, 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 but his mindset is just the worst and he refuses to change it. And it's just like, he's never going to be profitable until that happens. Thank you so much for being part of the show, man. I, you know, I really enjoyed having you on. Akil, thank you a lot for being here as well, my man, and giving us your perspective on things because your experience is, is gold to me. And, and if you haven't, no, if you haven't listened to Akil's podcast, awesome podcast, I actually listen to it like every day. And so it's, uh, it's called the Trading Coach Podcast. And uh, yeah. other than that, man, Akil, thank you for being here. And Noah, thank you for joining us and being part and being an active listener. I really appreciate that. Yes, thank you.